0: All right, in the NHL, after the first period, Canadians lead the Rangers 1-0. Paling has his ninth of the season, and the Jets lead the Flyers 1-0. Three other games coming up tonight, including the Kings and the Kraken. In about uh, 10 minutes or so, Alex Faust, the play-by-play voice of the LA Kings, will hop on to preview the Kings and Oilers playoff series. We know that that is the matchup. We don't know for sure when it's going to start, but it will begin at rogers place uh later on tonight as well we'll update the oil kings playoff run Jalen lippen from the oil kings will be on the show and we'll also touch base uh, with paul sir from basketball alberta as the toronto raptors have not just stayed alive after being down three nothing they're now uh, going home down just three two and a chance to force game seven on the weekend been pretty fun watching them in the fifth red Sox and blue jays are tied one one uh just had a couple calls there about jay woodcroft and i was i identified the coaching matchup and the storyline uh between mcclellan and woodcroft and their long-standing relationship as uh my number one storyline for this series i I know i just had uh someone reach out to me who knows both those guys pretty well who uh is is going to remain unnamed tonight but uh, this individual said to me that jay woodcroft is successful is be, is because he believes in the potential of people and I thought that was a pretty interesting way to put it. and remember when John Garrett was on the show I want to say a little over a week ago and we were talking about how the Canucks were I think at the time they'd won six in a row and were still alive for a playoff spot just barely but they were they were hanging on they were trying to make a miracle charge. And Boudreaux had come in and replaced Green. And Garrett said, you know, sometimes when you have the same coach for a few years, he just sees certain players a certain way, and that's not going to change. And then maybe a new coach sees a guy differently, uses a guy differently. I think that some of that is the case in the transition from Tippett to Woodcroft. And given what this person told me, Jay Woodcroft believes in the potential of people I really think that's an interesting way to put it. And if your mistakes aren't treated as the end of the world, then you're never going to get an opportunity again. Instead, they're treated as an opportunity to grow and reach your full potential. That's probably kind of a pretty good environment to play in or work in. Now, I'm not saying, you know, the mistakes are always forgivable and, can never be just accepted and you just get all your ice time you want, even if you're messing up. But I, but I think that's a really cool way to put it. And from some of the things you've heard Jay Woodcroft say over the last couple of months and how he's behaved as a coach, he believes in the potential of people. I think that's quite relevant. I found that interesting. So the, the coaching matchup was my number one storyline. Injured, banged up defenseman was number two. Number three is going to be the experience of the LA Kings. And for some of them, is this their last kick at the cup? Or a chance to prove, you know what, we're going up the hill, but we're not over the hill. And I'm going to single out five people with experience here. And one of them is not Drew Doughty, who we know isn't going to play. And I'm going to start with a, with Philip Deneau, who does not have a ton of playoff experience, but he was a very valuable member of the Montreal Canadiens team that went to the cup final last year. Dustin Brown has played 85 playoff games, as has Jonathan Quick. Alexander Edler, with mostly with Vancouver, has played 82. And Anze Kopitar has played 79. So those are some key guys who have been in the playoffs the quote-unquote, they know what it takes, and could that give the Kings an edge in this series when it gets right down to the nitty-gritty? Now, for the Oilers, don't forget, they now have Duncan Keith, who has played 135 playoff games, and Derek Broussard has played 117. Now, will Broussard be a major player in this series? I'm not sure. He has been scratched uh, for for chunks of his tenure since joining the Oilers on March 21st. But after those two guys, you go down to Chris Russell at 54 playoff games and then Cody CeCe at 36. The Oilers core guys, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nurse, Nugent Hopkins, 21 playoff games each. Uh, Hyman's at 32. Kane is at 29. You can also find plenty of LA Kings who have little or no playoff experience. But I do think it's relevant to mention there's a slightly larger chunk of guys on LA who have basically played a regular season's worth of hockey or more in the playoffs while the Oilers only have a couple of those guys. And then my number four storyline is an Oilers centric one. We are in Edmonton. So I might as well make it an Edmonton centric storyline. And it's one we've talked about before. And it's simply Connor and Leon. And they've had two playoff disappointments in the last two years. In both years, the Oilers were favored, and they lost three games to one to Chicago, and they didn't win a game against Winnipeg. And I'm sure you heard the calls, and I I, I don't agree with a lot of these. You know, we get some emotional people after games, and we get some people uh, in the media. Well, it's it's their fault. the The big guys didn't lead. The big guys didn't check. The big guys are going to want out of Edmonton. I think a lot of those comments are overblown, if not downright incorrect. But that's what it's like, and that's the scrutiny you face. Those players are having phenomenal seasons. I'm going to tell you something as well. I now think Connor McDavid should win the Hart Trophy. He's won me over and pushed Roman Yossi aside over the last two or three weeks. And is this the year as they get into their mid twenties where it comes together for them? And and they say, we've been disappointed. We know we have to lead. We know what we have to do. And we're going to carry this team. Now it is a deeper team. It is a more talented team. So there are going to be other key players, but is this the year they really, really shine all around in the postseason? That's another storyline for me. Of course, you can participate, 7804960063, and we'll get a King's perspective with Alex Faust, who, by the way, one of his supporters, late Jeopardy host Alex Trebek. Faust will tell that story next on Inside Sports. Oilers Kings in the playoffs of course first we have the uh, Oilers and the Sharks tomorrow Oilers and the Canucks on Friday 5 30 face show for both games and puck drop at seven both nights here on 6 30 ched but let's get an LA perspective going into the postseason he's their play-by-play voice for Bali Sports West Alex Faust Alex welcome back to the show how are you doing I'm good thanks for having me on well, it's great to have you on the show, and we're going to be seeing a lot more of each other in a few days, so that's uh, that's going to be fun for sure. But before the hockey talk, i I, I got to dive into something here because there is a connection to one of the all-time great Canadian broadcasters, and I've just read stuff about it, and as we know, not everything you read online is reliable, so I want to get it straight from you. What is the connection between you and Alex Trebek?
1: Well, uh, the the late great uh, Alex Trebek, I guess um, one you know in an interview, kind of a couple of years ago, um, was asked to spitball on names who uh, you know he would love to see have a, a tryout, I guess, to uh, succeed him one day. And among you know the other names that he had dropped was my own, and just because oh you know his name is Alex and he does a great job on hockey and he obviously is a big hockey fan. Uh, and uh, lived in LA so uh, I guess he watched a lot of King's games and that's just kind of where my name popped up but it was, it was it was hilarious at the time because it was very much a welcome to LA kind of moment because you know here I am Hockey is not you know what it is in a Canadian market you know we, we lay low pretty pretty much uh, in LA and uh, and here I am getting a phone call from TMZ one random day because this this dropped and I got a voicemail still on my phone from Harvey Levin uh, TMZ about it. So that was a, that was a fun welcome to LA moment
0: so that, so that was totally out of the blue for you, I right? Like Trebek just saw you doing games and, and thought, I like this guy's style. That was – there was – you weren't never mentioned it. You never applied for it, anything like that? No, nope, no,
1: nope. uh, no. Reed, I believe me. I, it was not uh, not something that was ever considered, uh, though. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny because you get people from all walks of life just like, yeah, you should try this. And I keep telling them, I love my job. I, you know, I, as much as uh, I'm sure it'd be a nice paycheck, uh, I love what I do, and I, I don't. I never want to do anything else. Do, do you think you'd be a good game show host though if you got thrown into that oh, I- role? I, I'm, I'm way too snarky. I'm, I'm way too cynical. I, I wouldn't be able to handle that, you know, especially if, if people, you know, somebody gets an answer wrong and, and uh, you know, it's, it's an obvious one and I, I wouldn't be able to help but roll my eyes. So I, I would I would be terrible when it comes to that sort of thing.
0: Well, I still think that's pretty cool that uh, Trebek mentioned you and that he was yeah. enjoying your uh, your call of the Kings games, which of course is uh, is excellent. And you're going to be calling a few more, at least a few more. We'll see how it goes. I guess I got to bundle this first question in with the preseason expectations for the Los Angeles Kings because my view would have been that the likelihood of the LA Kings participating in the postseason perhaps wouldn't have been as high as some other teams but they're going Uh, tell us about, um, you know, is this a season in which the Kings have exceeded expectations to this point?
1: I'd say yes. I don't think anyone even within the organization is shying away from the fact that, that nobody expected them to be in the playoffs. I think, I think going into the year, the goal for the organization, let's, let's be competitive, right? Um, You know, it's a team that's clearly in transition that still has maybe, a couple years left with some of these older guys um, that had won some of the Stanley Cups before. And the idea coming into the year was this is a bridge year. You know, they brought in Philip Deneau, they brought in Victor Arvidson just to inject a little bit more uh, experience into the lineup because there's so many young guys and they you know have so many prospects that they're trying to bring up. So the idea, okay, if they can be competitive, maybe make the playoffs, maybe squeak in as a wild card. Okay, this is a really good building year. And then uh, as the season went along, they would pick up character win after character win against the odds on a lot of nights and you started to really believe that this group could do something special now i don't think i'm you know gonna predict that they're gonna make a run and win the stanley cup but you know they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. and even go back further they have only one playoff win since 2014. so this is a little bit of something to prove even if ultimately they don't win around in the playoffs Um, You know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in a moment, but, you know, given how much pressure is on the other side of things in Edmonton uh, and the the weight of expectations and and years of of things building up there, um, you know, I I think this is a real opportunity to to test yourself and and see where you're at right now with a group that's clearly on the younger side. Well, and I think the one thing I'd
0: ask you about is you know that now they it was announced a couple of weeks ago kind of finally they know that drew Doughty's not going to come back because there was that sort of question mark hanging over his status so who's been sort of shouldering that load i don't know if you can ever really replace a player like that but clearly you know they've still done okay without uh, without him playing what sort of adjustments have they pulled off here
1: I'm going to give you a terrible answer and say everybody, because it wasn't just Drew at the time. The Kings went through a stretch in March. This is early March, where they went six games in a row, losing at least one player each game due to some sort of significant injury. In all, at at one point in mid-March, they had eight regulars out of the lineup. And they're dipping into their AHL team to to backfill the lineup. And you're thinking, okay, this is where things go off the rails. This is where, okay, it was a nice run. And they kept winning. And so there's a kid, Jordan Spence. He's only played 20-something games in the NHL. He's come in and quarterbacked the number two power play unit. Sean Dersey, who was called up in November, hadn't played an NHL game before. He came over in a trade from Toronto a couple years ago, uh, and he hasn't left the lineup since. And it, it kept happening, no matter which player was hurt somebody else would come in and step up and fill that role um and even guys who were in the lineup elevated trevor moore he uh came over another player traded uh, from toronto to la uh back in february 2020 in the jack campbell deal and trevor was a bottom six player for a long while around new year's day he got put on a line with philip deno and victor arvidson trevor had had a fine career in the NHL, but now he's turning into a star contributor and he leads the league in shorthanded goals. And, you know, he, all of a sudden he's, a, you know, point per game guy. Never would have expected that at the beginning of the season. So it, it, up and down the lineup, guys just continue to step up and it's a different name every night, Sam.
0: Alex Faust joining us tonight on inside sports play-by-play voice for the Los Angeles Kings. It will be the Oilers and Kings in the first round. We've felt like we've been headed this direction for a few weeks, but it's finally now confirmed. I, I, I earlier in the show, I was going over some of my main storylines, um, uh, Dowdy out potentially nurse out for the Oilers, though they're hoping he's back for game one, you know, clearly the Oilers trying to get over the hump, like you talked about the, um, teacher versus pupil coaching matchup. If you want to call it that is, is there a storyline for you that, uh, cause you might see things a little bit differently from, from covering the Kings all season. Is there a main storyline for you in this series?
1: You know, it, it's so deep. I think, you know, from the perspective of LA, I don't want to call it like this because I, I think they you know, these guys still have a couple of years left in them. Um, you know, I don't want to say it's a last dance necessarily for Jonathan Quick, uh, Jay Uh Drew Doughty obviously has a lot of years ahead of him still. But it could be for Dustin Brown, um, you know, former captain of the team. And he'll have his number retired by the, by the club in due time. But you get the sense that it could be his last run uh, at a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, you look at again the history of these two clubs I think that's what stands out to me is there's a real shared history here um going back to 1982 and perhaps the most famous game in LA Kings history uh the miracle in Manchester the five goal comeback in in game three of that series uh the I mean, Edmonton and LA are still responsible to this day from that 82 series for the highest scoring playoff game in NHL history it finished 10-8. Uh, so i think there's you know the the history and obviously the gretzky trade um so many players who have appeared for both clubs the coaching tree i think that shared history is a fascinating angle to me and one that we're definitely going to be playing up uh for the local market who may not be as familiar you know it's been 30 years since the kings and oilers met in the stanley cup playoffs.
0: yeah well i am old enough to remember all the games you mentioned and the uh the sale of Wayne Gretzky as we <laughs> as the more cynical of us call it here, but you're right. There are some pretty cool connections and there used to be a lot more uh, frequent playoff matchups. It's interesting though that you reference for a, for a franchise that has won two Stanley cups relatively recently. Uh, and I believe they won at least one game seven in overtime along the way to one yes. of those cups. Yes. Uh, that you, you, you still reference the, the miracle on Manchester as the most famous game in, in team history.
1: It is. It still is to this day. Um, You know, yeah, they. You know, that overtime win over Chicago uh, in the Western Conference Final in 2014. That's up there, Um, and you know you can't go wrong with any of the the clinching games they had, especially the you know the double overtime thriller Game Five against the Rangers. But to this day, I mean, there's there's never been a playoff comeback in a single game like that and uh you know it really laid the foundation in la because the organization up until that point yeah they had the triple crown line yes marcel dion uh you know is a, is a legend and, and part of that whole era but there really hadn't been any sort of serious postseason success and especially against the oilers of that generation when messier and gretzky were were you know still in their youths but but clearly um you know superstars even then Um, to upset them. I mean, another stat from that series that stands out, it was the largest gulf in points at the end of the year between a team that won a series um, and a team that had lost it. I mean, the Kings were, I think, 48 points behind the Oilers. And again, back then, 16 out of 21 made the playoffs. So it's a little bit different. But I mean, from the standpoint of an underdog, its I I still think to this day, it is the biggest win in franchise history, in the playoffs at least.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Okay, well, this was fun to have you on the show. I, I So you guys play uh, tonight, tomorrow, no no game Friday for the Kings, or there's go Thursday, Friday, and then uh, we'll see when they start. Are you coming up? Are you going to get to travel? We will be there. Edmonton?
1: Game one, whether it's Monday or Tuesday, uh, we will be there in the flesh uh, for game one. We can't wait.
0: Right on. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you, Alex. That is Alex Faust checking in tonight, play-by-play voice for the L.A. Kings, and he's calling a game uh, in a bit here, a little over an hour, Los Angeles at Seattle. Good perspective on L.A.'s season and how they've dealt with a lot of their injuries, and I enjoyed the personal story. Alex Trebek once identified Alex Faust as a possible successor on Jeopardy, but uh, as you heard Alex saying, he's quite happy doing hockey play-by-play in the National Hockey League. Pretty cool. Okay, Uh, of course, more on the Oilers. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was on with Bob earlier today. I'll get to a couple of those comments. We'll catch up with Oil Kings forward Jalen Leipon. They're going to go for the sweep tomorrow in Lethbridge. Plenty more as well. Inside Sports on Chad. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.